Zen Parenting Radio. This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we are talking about black sheeps of the family. Yes, we are going to talk about black sheeps of the family, but I also want to give it different language so people can... You always want to give things different language. I do. But you... before we do that, can I interrupt? Please. Because I'm going to start interrupting. Um, we just did a WGN radio interview. Yeah, it was good. And I was on the radio for my first time as a Zen Parenting Radio show host. Yes, I thought it went well. How do you think I did? I thought you did great. Yeah, I think I started out a little cold, but I warmed up. Well, it's not easy. Those are things that you have to practice, and I don't think it ever gets easy. I think you just always have to bring your A game, as you sports people would say. That's right. I'm all about the A game. So um, if you're listening, uh, we will have the link on our Facebook page. Yeah. So I just want to say that that was a lot of fun, and we should get on WGN Radio every day to promote Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'd like that very much. We'll just much. start knocking on the door. Okay. So anyways. Saying we're here, we're available. So you wanted to change some language of what well, I was saying. Well, not necessarily change. I think black sheep is fine, but I want to add some language so people don't say, oh, that's not me or or that doesn't relate to me. I think uh, black sheep is an easy way to talk about a child or a person in the family who's different, but it could also be someone who's emotional in the family, someone who is thought of as different or weird in the family, someone who says the truth. In the family, um, the truth teller is, you know, there's always a family truth teller, someone who doesn't pretend but actually says, here's what's going on. Well, for example, uh, this morning I woke up and we had somebody grumpy in our bedroom today. We sure did. Skylar, our three year old, was very grumpy. Yes, well, and let's give some history here. In the last couple of weeks, your um, brother came in with his wife and three girls, so they were with us for a week. And then we went away to Galena to be with my family. And then we came back and we have moved because our, our house is under construction. Big. So we've been on the go. We have been on the go. And so this morning we, she woke this up morning in this new house. This morning she woke up and she was grumpy. She was crying and saying, come out with me, get up. Some of the things I do as a dad are amazing. And what I mean by that, not amazing good, just crazy because I was not in a position to negotiate with a three-year-old who was really upset. Mm -hmm. So I was taking out the mini wheats out of the <laughs> mini wheat box one at a time and asked her if this one was okay, if it had enough sugar on it. And then I would place it in the bowl for her. So I was enabling her crankiness. You know what? Now you're saying enabling it, and I would say that you were meeting her where she was. Well, the last thing before I left the bedroom, you said... Try to be compassionate. Yes. Of what, so if you didn't say that, I would have said, sorry, the, the mini wheats are pouring out of the container and they're going into the bowl. And if they land with the non-sugary side up, sorry, too bad. Because we've gone through that with Skyler before. But it, the compassionate side is to understand what this little girl who's only three, year, three years old has gone through in the last couple of weeks. That she has gone through not a lot of naps, a lot of back and forth, driving in the car, lots of people around basically chaos in her world if if skylar would have been our first we would have done certain things differently but because right. she's our third you completely relax remember how naps were just we were kind of nap nazis we were we well the mark weisbluth book we just lived by that with healthy sleep happy child or something like that but we were so by the book with mm -hmm. things like that and what can happen and when when you're by the book with anything mm -hmm. is you lose track of the human experience of yourself and your child right. you lose track of instead of saying oh well let's just talk about naps wait you're not 
not asleep exactly when the book says you should be. There's something wrong with you. Or that why I wanted to talk about this is like with Skylar this morning, a lot of parents would say, but you know, why are you waking me up? You don't get up at this time. Um, you know, I don't get up or, um, why are you crying? What's wrong with you? Your other sisters are fine. And we forget the human element. We forget that she is three years old and that this in her world is chaotic. Is it chaotic to you and me? Pretty much. Yeah. But we can deal with it a lot better because we're adults. Right. She is doesn't she know where she is. Everything. She feels everything. And so do the other girls. Mm-hmm. But I think they as they've been maturing, they used to do the same they thing. They have the ability to negotiate through adversity or adversity a little bit better, but this three year old who's brand new to the world doesn't has don't doesn't have this coping tools exactly. that we do. And um last week she kind of totally melted down and my dad said What's wrong with her? Right. There must be something wrong. What's what, you know, what is wrong with her? What, what, what's going on? And that, that's the language that I want to get at with anybody is it doesn't mean something's wrong with them. It means something might be going on that day. Something might have gone on. We've actually, we actually talked about this a little bit with any situation. With, well, um, you, sometimes you put yourselves in a position to fail. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that what, you. we do or the kids do? We put Skylar's. We put her in a position to fail. What I mean by that is she was run down. She didn't get enough sleep. Ah, she did all these different things. So we didn't give her, we didn't do her any favors, yet um, we want her to act as if everything is fine. Exactly. We want her to pretend like us. Yeah. To be social and have manners and don't, you know, kiss everybody and hug everybody and be happy no matter where you are. And, and- she's like, I'm not having any of that. I'm going to cry until my lungs are out of air and then I'm going to cry some more. And do you see the difference between the language black sheep mm-hmm. and truth teller? Mm-hmm. That really they can be synonymous but those, but in we look at those words totally different. Like truth teller is there's some, um, mm-hmm. you know there's honesty to it and there's some release to it and there's some some healthiness to it. Black sheep just means you're wrong. Right, well I feel like different. black sheep may be... Negative. It, yeah, it's like the parents are saying well this is my problem child. This yes. is the one that doesn't oh. co- cause any problems. Yes. And this is the one I have no idea about or something like that and i think a lot of parents and once again labels we talk about labeling and how dangerous that is there's there is no problem child i mean every kid is different but yet it's easy for us to label and then like a lot of times is you know i think sometimes we as adults we get uncomfortable of course and we direct our energy at the misbehavior of our children and instead of dealing with dealing with it ourselves, we just choose to put it all on our kid instead of dealing with and it. And really what you said, the discomfort there with the child who is, quote unquote, the black sheep or different, it's because that child is different than us. Mm-hmm. And so that child causes us to stretch outside of our comfort zone. We may have a child who's just like us. So we're like, oh, this is my easy child. But it doesn't mean they are easy. Mm-hmm. It means they're like you. So you know exactly how they're thinking or you know what they're going to do next. Another child may not be exactly like you, and here's I say this so much, that is okay. But we that is the whole point of, of life is we experience new people and we are stretched beyond our boundaries. We can't walk through life in this way where, you know, it's got to be this way. And if people don't think this way, they're not right. It's got to be like me. Our children can be our greatest teachers about how to stretch ourselves further and figure out a way to either communicate or understand or be compassionate towards someone who's different. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know where I was going, but I agree with you a hundred percent. And um, it's just a matter of these kids. They feel their feelings when they're felt. Exactly. And we suppress our feelings. Man, I'm the all-time champion of that. I'm. I have been. 
I have labeled myself as being numb. Now that's even dangerous because I shouldn't label myself as numb. But sometimes I disregard my own feelings and just rise to the occasion. And there's moments, there's times when you have to do that. But if that's all you're doing, right, then that's... you're you're pushing that down, pushing that down. And I think what's something we try and teach is that um, if you do that, that can be so damaging to you. You can get sick physically. It can be so damaging to your relationships because you'll react in strange ways. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're pushing down sadness, you may react in anger to certain situations. If you're not feeling your feelings and you're pretending they're not there, they will come out in some other way. If it be physical, emotional, and so, and it also is just harder to walk through life that way. Mm-hmm. If you're pretending to be somebody, like I'll give you an example of me. I wrote about this in in my most recent book. I used to think. If I walked around being happy all the time and showing people how positive I was, that, you know, people would enjoy being around me. Right. You know, and I would pretend, and even if something bothered me, I'd say, oh, no, that doesn't bother me, or go ahead and walk all over me, go ahead and treat me poorly, whatever. I'm just happy all the time. I was pretending. Mm-hmm. That's not real. What I have been learning to do is now finding that inside of myself where I'm actually finding my own happiness rather than pretending to be happy. So then I can go out in the world and be that way, not not positive every single second of the day, but be an authentic person so I can give that to people rather than pretending. There's a difference. Yeah. Sometimes you have to practice it for a while as you know, you, you do kind of pretend a little bit to be happy because you're like, okay, I just want to be more positive. Nothing wrong with that. But I think the long-term goal is finding that inner light mm-hmm. rather than pretending to carry a light. Living from the inside out versus the, the outside, outside in. in. And, you know, I we've all been in experiences where you kind of let your surroundings dictate your mood. And I remember Covey said in Seven Habits, he said, you know, carry your own weather pattern. Even if it's gloomy and rainy outside, that doesn't mean that you have to be grumpy, which... It happens a lot. You know, people just generally speaking sometimes might be more prone to be a little grumpy when mm-hmm. it's rainy and sad versus when on a nice Saturday and it's sunny and everybody's happy. It's just weird how um, our surroundings sometimes dictate our mood right. and how we deal with things. And sometimes, I mean, there's there's some truth to that. There's some real. But it's right. balance. You can't, if you just let your surroundings dictate your mood, that's not good. Um, but you can't be closed off to your surroundings either, right? Well, and I, I think it's the, you know, going back to what you were saying about how you now call yourself numb, mm-hmm. I think what's different about you, or at least what I've noticed in the last five years or whatever, is that you are an awareness of what you're doing, where I don't, when you decide, you'll sometimes say to me, I'm just you know, feeling this way, but I'm not quite sure how to feel this way. And I'm going to figure out a way to deal with it. Whereas before you didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm in a good mood. That doesn't bother me. And now you'll say that does bother me, but I'm not sure what to do with it. Right. So you're not really numb. I'm you're a- in awareness and you're trying to figure out how to get it through. Right. First step is awareness. And then do you, and then, you know, hopefully you get to the point where you do something about it. Like this morning, I was excited for this radio interview and, um, I was kind of trying to play it cool. And then right as we were walking in, I said to you, I'm like, I'm really excited yeah. to go in there. Yeah. And I could see that there would be a time when I'd be like, try to play it cool. And like, I'd pretend I'm not excited. You'd be like, oh, this is no big deal. Yeah, I don't right? get too high when things are good. And I don't get too low when things are bad. And I'm, I'm working through it. Well, and let's take this back to our kids. That's something that we don't allow them to do that often. You know, we're, we don't allow them to have that full range of expression. And if they do have a range of expression, then we say there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're crying in the morning at 7 a.m., basically because you haven't had a nap for 10 days and you're in a new house, 
house, there's something wrong with you. Right. And that's such a joke. Well, and if, if I could be the unenlightened parent, I think a lot of parents, or maybe when we're at our, a place where we're not making good decisions, we'd, we'd say, Skylar, get back to your room, stay in there right. until you, you stop crying. Sto- <laughs> stop crying. And you think you're helping, um, but well, you, you're not. I think you think you're in control. Yeah, it's I a think control thing. It is. Right. I think that's the parent saying, I'm going to be in control and you're going to listen to me rather than shift to the compassionate place of I'm your parent and part of my job is not to have you walk all over me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole mini weeds thing, it's not like we do that all the time. This was an experience of, Todd was saying before that he was taking the mini weeds out one by one and giving them to her. He was meeting her where she was. But you know what I decided? What? And I don't know if this is a good decision. I'm not buying mini weeds for a while. That's fine. I don't want to deal with this. I, I, and you know what? Maybe that's a, a healthy way for us and, to... And I don't want to buy raisin brain either because she just takes the raisins and it drives me nuts. <laughs> Cheers. Cheerios. There's no one. Didn't you just tell me Cheerios are the number one selling cereal? Yeah, and they have them at Whole Foods now, which I found interesting. That says that speaks a lot to me. Well, and you can't go wrong with Cheerios. There's no raisins. There's no sugar-coated raisins. Many no we- different colors. There's no different colors. It's just Cheerios. I know. So, and she loves those, so we should really stick to that. Yes. Um, I don't know what, why. We have like two boxes of mini wheats right now. I don't know why. Because Costco I went to Sam's Club, and Sam's. I'm thrifty McSaves a lot, and I yeah. buy in bulk because like, you can save like sale. 10 cents. I know. Um, but going back to the, well, you know what? Let me share kind of an off the um, subject story, but okay. not really off the subject. I went to see uh, Christiane Northrup speak. Um, she's a doctor. Some of you may have heard of her. She wrote a book called um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, I Sounds think. Great. And also a bunch of books, wonderful books. And she's used to be on Oprah a lot. Anyway, I follow her. And um, I went to see her speak. And she said, before she started speaking, she said, how many of you in here are the weird ones in your family? Yeah. And it made me laugh because uh, my family's probably listening. They probably don't think of me as weird, but I definitely, well, maybe they do, but I, I definitely, I think you're weird. <laughs> but I definitely have some, um, you know, out of the box thinking, non-traditional, non-traditional thinking. And I definitely believe things that are maybe not typical. Give me an example. Um, well, Come on, put it it's out just there. my belief in energy and my belief in, in spirituality and my belief in myself and the importance of that everything comes out of how I feel about myself. And I do a lot of work on myself. And I think sometimes when I'm struggling with something, I don't share with a ton of people, but sometimes some people I share with, they're like, why are you doing this? It's a lot of work. Why are you going through all this mental work and, and emotional work to figure this out? And that's My what, answer is because you have to. I don't have a choice. That's it what I'm who here you for. Are. Exactly. You were born to struggle inside and then figure it out. Right. And I don't, I'm not born to struggle. I knew you were going to say something bad statement. about my struggling. You know why? Because term. that's not truth. I am not born to struggle. I am born to figure things out so I can share with other people. There you I'm go. born to teach the things that I um, find. And not everyone may agree. Your truths and... It's my truths, and people can take from it what they want. I don't need to, you know, push it down people's throats. But it, it inspires me, my inspiration, that, and it has been since I was very young actually remember how i found my uh my what is it called my weekly minder from high school yeah and it was from my junior year yeah, and it was the exact same thing and i showed it my weekly minder and i had affirm affirmations taped all over it mm-hmm. which made me even laugh you because know like you don't remember yourself being an affirmations type of person back then when i was 16 but i found things from ralph, uh, ralph waldo emerson and all wayne dyer and all these people and it was always in there it was always in there and so i guess my point is is I don't know if weird is the right word, but I kind of am a little out of the box. And when she said that, that was kind of our, in the, in the um, workshop I was in, we all kind of laughed and kind of looked at each other like, yeah, this is okay. I know, you know? how you're weird. Let's talk oh. about how you're weird. Okay. Um, you can't stand small talk. 
Yeah, I'm not very good at it. No, you, that's not true. You actually, actually are, good, are at, good at it, but you just, um, it's not your thing. If I'm going to talk with people, I want to really talk about what's going on. Yeah. If I am talking with people and they're asking me really surfacey questions or we're going to just talk about the weather or whatever, it's not that I'm not going to like them. Right. That's not, it's not that I think they're bad or I But judge. you're more interested in something deeper than if that. If I have to go to an event where all it is is small talking with people who are unwilling to open up and be vulnerable and be themselves, it's really hard for me. Yeah. Because in, in turn, I even though I could be completely vulnerable, if that, if that door isn't open with the other person where they're really interested in hearing it or mm-hmm. sharing... Those are tough conversations. You t- you, I think it's probably it's tough to stay tuned in. It's you know it's hard to go to lunch with me sometimes. Yes, it's um, sometimes it's work. Sometimes yeah. it's easy. I worry about more practical stuff, and you worry about the deeper stuff, and that's why we balance each other out. Yeah, well, I just like to talk about those things. So sometimes if you go to lunch with me, you leave, and it's kind of tiring. But it's it's also fun. We la- I know how to laugh. Somehow, oh, you love to laugh. Somehow we've transitioned in this to show to, into how you're weird. <laughs> Let's just stay away from me. Other than my numbness, and we'll just talk about your weirdness, and we're okay. Well, the only reason I brought up that that uh, workshop that I went to is because I think that sometimes we don't figure out that who we are is okay until we're older. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I both believe that the message we're trying to give to parents and to children as well is whoever you are right now is fine. And more than fine. It's exactly who you're supposed to be. And as parents, instead of trying to make our kids like us... Instead of trying to tell them that who they are is wrong, our job is to figure out how to communicate with them, how to understand them. Of course, you have to help them, you know, connect with or understand laws mm-hmm. and social you have appropriateness. To guide them without exactly bestowing your values on to them. I mean, and values like opinions. I've said many times that I'm not one of those dads who says, "Hey, you must be a White Sox fan." Right. You and can, that's a good example. You decide if you're a White Sox fan. You, you, you know, you have to believe that this is true. No, I'll, when when I'm talking to the girls about something of substance, I'll say, "Well, this is I believe this." Instead of saying, "This is what our family believes," right? Or like, if you don't believe this, then you're crazy, right? Or how could you be a Cubs fan? Or you're awful. Right. You know what I try and the language I try and use is that I like to share my life with the girls. I like to show them what I like to do because I'm really proud of what I like to do. Now, their choice about liking what I do or not is up to them. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, well, girls, you have to like everything I do and believe in everything I do. No, they don't. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to share it with them because I'm their mom and that's what I enjoy. But it doesn't mean they have to do it too. What about at dinner table when we talk? Because sometimes we we try to say, hey, how was your day and all that. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like I might bore my kids about my day. Mm. So how do I let them in while at the same time not boring them about selling construction accessories? Well, give me an example. Well, Daddy um, made a lot of phone calls today, (laughs) and he tried to get somebody to buy his bearing pads. Right. And uh, some of them bought them and some of them don't. I'm bored telling that story. Well, why don't you um, instead just change your language? It's just a semantics thing. Today in daddy's work, I was on the phone, talking kid language. I was on the phone a lot. I had to talk to a lot of people I knew and we had to talk about meetings they were going to Mm -hmm. and I get to see them. And do you know what I mean? Like they don't know what a bearing pad is. Yeah. And and the reason I think I bring it up is I, I think sometimes I, as a father, just only want to find out what's going on in their lives and I want to work on maybe bringing my world oh, sure. that they don't see to them. But you know some of it's not 
some of it's not words, Todd. Like every day you practice piano, and we got a new piano, by the way. So we excited. got a real piano. A real um, but you practice piano, and they don't, you don't need to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the hand motion of talk. You are showing them who you are. Right. And the way that you treat other people right. when they're around, and the way that you do things with them, you don't have to talk the words. Right. It's not all about words. I'm more of an actions guy, anyways. <laughs> exactly. I just said talk the words. Well, it's fine. <laughs> I, I talk the words all the time. I talk the words. Me talk good much well. <laughs> Me talk words. I want to go to there. Um, um, so anyway, but I think that you're doing it. I, I probably talk too many words to the girls, but then I'm trying to show too. I'm trying to em- emulate what you do because I'm just, you know, and some things I don't even think about, you know, they see me do yoga. They see me with my little tap shoes, mm-hmm. you know, working really hard because I'm not very good yet. Um, Shuffle shuff- step. <laughs> You're really good. And it's so funny. The girls are go, Mom, that's not right. Mm-hmm. You didn't do your heel. Mm-hmm. you got to do your heel. But so we don't need to tell them. And, and a lot of times it's how we, um, you know, when we're in the grocery store, are we nice to people? Do we help people out? When we're in the car, are we swearing at people in right. front of us? Or are we actually taking a breath and using the tools we tell them to use? Well, and I've said so many times that we, we as parents get so concerned on what we're saying to our kids. And I just fell into that trap just now when I was using the example about the dinner table. But yeah. really, it's about modeling the behavior and how you treat yourself and how you treat others and what you're doing versus what you're saying. Exactly. So, And we're getting a little off topic, even though I think this is what we're saying is sure. super important. You know, going back to allowing our kids to be who they are. Actually, this is an off topic. This connects. Let's let them, let's allow them to show us who they are in the way that they like to. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were just showing, we were just talking about how actions and words and we need to help, we need to show them who we are. We have to figure out a way to allow them to show us who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have um, we have three girls. They're all very different, and they all show us who they are in different ways. And maybe um, one is more emotional. That doesn't make her bad or good. That's right. just part of who she is right now, not forever, right. but in this moment. And, you know, knowing those things about our kids, and so we can tap into that. Like, I know that my oldest daughter wants to have individual time with me. Yes. And instead of getting annoyed about it or telling her why I can't or why it's unnecessary, I just try and figure out a way to say, let's like, for example, her, um, her good friend, Mary Grace had a, a birthday party a while ago and there was roller skating and I love to roller skate. So I said, why don't I go? Cause I knew uh, Mary Grace's mom is one of my friends and I said, she won't mind. And I went with JC to this party and JC and I roller skated and it was like a date and we had a ball. And, you know, I try and create those situations with her. Where Cameron, it's more quiet time, and I know Cameron is more in her head and worries about things more. And I try and pick up on that, and, and she needs to talk it through. Well, and a lot of it is, you know, we've talked about love languages on the show. Um, you know, JC is touch, but quality time is a big thing for JC. So, yeah, they're all different. And, you know, we're it's just something important to keep in mind to meet your kids wherever they are. And sometimes it's easy to pick up and sometimes there are little subtle things that it's kind of hard to So you kind of have to decompress and sit back and try to really feel how you're going to be able to connect with your kids and, and work at, if, if I could give one piece of advice, have we already given some advice? I'm sure. But another piece of advice would be, be conscious and thoughtful about the good and bad, meaning Quit, quit labeling something as this is good, this is bad, or the way she is is good, the way he is is bad, the way he is, you know, 
that we just there's more of an acceptance of this is how they are period mm -hmm. rather than you know in it may not be typical right it may not be the same as your first child or your sister's child or whatever it may be um but it's it's still okay well and don't compare like we do oh, we yeah. do a really good job of and because it's important to us this might not be important to everybody but comparing one kid to another is yeah. just um that's unfair it's unfair and it's just something we stay so far away from right. whether it's grades whether it's who has more friends whether it's anything just the they are individuals and they're not comparison tools to see who's better or who's worse at stuff and i think dads probably are a little bit more challenged with that really? than i think so why, you know, why do you think so just because i think dads by nature are more competitive now there's a lot uh, of crazy crazy competitive moms out there too but um you know i think dads just kind of have a little bit more of a default competitive nature and it's easy to do any type of comparison well i'm actually doing a um a workshop at a house this week um about sibling rivalry hmm. and that is one thing that uh, we're going to talk about is is comparison and and i think a lot of people will say oh i don't i don't do that i don't compare but then we really get down into our language and down into our actions and we may say "Ooh, I, i'm not saying okay you're better than that you know this child or vice versa but some of my actions are are comparing mm -hmm. um or some of my disappointment or my inability to accept there's a an inherent comparison right. going on right so um, you know we're gonna talk about that during that presentation but um, but anyway I one one story that I wanted to share was it, I wrote about it um, when uh, we were that whole story of when we went to Seattle last year yes, for you have a chapter in your book I, yes that. it's a chapter in my book and we were at the airport and it was just this funny experience I had with the girls where Todd wasn't with us and I was trying to navigate through a really busy airport during a snowstorm and it was crazy there wasn't and, a snowstorm inside the airport yeah, <laughs> no, but there might as well been that'd be weird um it was outside in Seattle and obviously I wasn't even at home and oh it was just we were trying to it was one bags. of those days one of those days I probably one of the hardest you. days you've ever had it one of the most difficult navigating experiences not emotionally hard as much as how is this going to happen anyway when it was all over we got in the car and we were all like oh we're finally in the car and my daughter it was Skylar again she just had this huge cry this huge release and JC Cameron and I all kind of looked at her and didn't even think a thing about it we weren't like why is she crying or she was releasing for all of us mm -hmm. we all were carrying so much stress and emotion in that day and when she started crying I knew you know she's doing it for herself but we were all we knew exactly how she was feeling there was an acceptance there rather than a why are you crying there was a complete we were thankful yeah because it was a good release for all of us and she may have made it easier for you guys to breathe and yeah. relax a little bit it broke all the tension yeah. and she did it for us and that's what truth tellers in your family can do and you don't need to be have a fully developed brain to do these things no. for one another she just kind of her instincts her intuition whatever it is she feels her feelings and she let them all out and in a way she you're saying i think that she maybe let it out for all of you guys. She might have, and, may, and again, maybe that wasn't the intention, but she did it in in that way. She's the bird. She Remember is. that story of the bird? I do. Tell that story really The quick. duck? No, the bird, about how the bird just flies. Oh, yes. Um, well, if you really look at nature as a vehicle to gain enlightenment, um, if you look at a bird and it's on a twig and then it flies away, that bird is not thinking about oh maybe i should fly left maybe i should fly right <laughs> maybe i should wait a few more seconds when that bird flies away it's gone and it just knows it just knows and in a way 
we can take that lead and say instead of having these hesitancies or indecisions or whatever or worries or worries skylar she just let it all out that's right and, and like she did this morning yeah she did the same thing with those darn mini weights that i'm not going to bring up anymore and instead of us being in our head when we react to her we react to her from our heart rather than wait the book says she shouldn't be crying my doctor says that she shouldn't cry in the morning or she's going to cry and wake me up when she's 18 those are all worries and stress right. and they're silly and we need to you know, talk to our kids with our heart. Yep. And so on that note, on that note, um, I want to talk about our parenting resource this week. Go ahead. And it's another fantastic book by a woman named Tamara Gerlach. And the book is called Cultivating Radiance. And it's a beautiful book um, visually, but also just what's inside. And I think it has a lot to do with what we're talking about today, finding your inner beauty, finding your inner, inner light. And she talks a lot about radiant people and why they become radiant and what, what it is about them and what we can learn from them and we can cultivate our own radiance. And she has beautiful quotes and stories and it's fantastic. As a recap, Cultivating Radiance by Tamara Gerlach. Yep, TamaraGerlach.com if you want to read about her. She's a coach. She lives in California. Um, you can also check out her book on Amazon, and um, I think it'll be a beautiful read for you. Two more things. Uh, actually, maybe three. Avid Company is our sponsor, uh, painting, remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. They're actually um, doing the construction on our house. And uh, so give them a call, uh, 630-956-1800. And um, sometimes people ask, how can I support the show? What you can do to support the show, aside from listening, and thank you very much for listening, is if you do happen to live in the Chicagoland area, spread the word about our sponsor because it makes the show possible. Yeah. So thank our, you to Our sponsors, our partners, as we like to call them, That's make right. the show possible. And we're looking for more sponsors yeah, just in case. Yeah, actually, we're by the end of the year, we hope to. And then um, if you ever um, are on a smartphone, you can download an application called Stitcher, and it makes listening to the show really, really easy, stitcherradio.com or stitcher.com. And then last is my movie line, and this week movie line is not necessarily very zen, but it is a good movie line. And the movie line is, now go get your shine box. If uh, you don't know what that's from, ask, ask your husbands and then uh, post to Facebook. So. Or the husbands who are listening. Um, that's right. There's, there's guys. There's guys out there. Yeah, there's guys. We hear you. So this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Saying have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>